Welcome back to Cobb's Corner. I am your host, Morgan Cobbs. Uh, if this is your first time listening to Cobb's Corner, then uh, welcome. And to my returning listeners, welcome back. On this week's edition of Cobb's Corner, we're going to be reviewing the movie Limitless. Limitless is a 2011 sci-fi thriller in which a mysterious pill that enables the user to access 100% of his brain's abilities transforms a struggling writer into a financial wizard, but it also puts him in a new world with many dangers. The movie is directed by Neil Berger, written by Leslie Dixon and Alan Glynn, stars Bradley Cooper, Anna Friel, and Abby Cornish. An action thriller about a writer who takes an experimental drug that allows him to use 100% of his mind as one man evolves into a perfect version of himself. Forces more corrupt than than he can imagine mark him for assassination. Out-of-work writer Eddie Mora, er, Eddie Mora's rejection by girlfriend Lindy confirms his belief that he has zero future. That all vanishes the day an old friend introduces Eddie to NZT, a designer pharmaceutical that makes him laser-focused and more confident than any man alive. Now on an NZT-fueled odyssey, Everything Eddie's read, heard, or seen is instantly organized and available to him. As the former nobody rises to the top of the financial world, he draws the attention of business mogul Carl Von Loon, who sees this enhanced version of Eddie as the tool to make billions. But brutal side effects jeopardize his meteoric ascent with a dwindling stash and hitmen who will eliminate him who will eliminate him to get the NZT. Eddie must stay wired long enough to elude capture and fulfill his destiny. If he can't, he will become just another victim who thought he'd found invincibility in a bottle. Let's go to Cobb's Corner. So the movie is told initially kind of out of order. The movie starts at like the very end and then takes us back to the beginning. So in the end, at the, at the very start of the movie, we see we see uh, Eddie Mora, play, played by Bradley Cooper, the main, main character. He's like this successful guy. He's dressed all nice. He's got a nice apartment. And apparently somebody's after him. Somebody wants to kill him. And then we cut to we cut all the way back to the beginning of the story, and we see a different Eddie. We see an Eddie Mora who has a writing contract and has really just bad writer's block. Uh, he, you know, re really bad writer's block. He lives in a dilapidated apartment, and he can't focus on writing and he pretty much just you know his 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 life is pretty much fall, falling apart uh, his girlfriend Lindy played by Abby Cornish um, dumps him you know his girl his, his girlfriend dumps him because he has pretty much nothing going on in his life 
Uh, he Before that, he had been married and divorced to his ex-wife, Melissa, played by Anna Friel. And yeah, at this point, Eddie's life is just pretty much in shambles. And then one day, while he's walking on the street, he, he runs into his ex-brother-in-law, Vernon, played by Johnny Whitworth, and Vernon tells him about this experimental uh, pharmaceutical drug, the NZT, uh, I think it said it in the storyline, yeah, and N N NZT, and so Eddie reluctantly takes this drug, and pretty much this drug is like an, I think it's, I think the official term now, you know, for anyone listening who's like in the pharmaceutical industry or, you know, is a neurologist or psychologist, feel free to correct my, you know, pronunciation or any of the terms that I may use because, again, this is not my background. Um, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, the drug is called uh, neurotropic. It's a, it's a it's a kind of drug that pretty much allows you to gain full access of your brain because we as humans, now in the movie they say that humans only utilize 20% of their brain. I've always heard that humans only utilize about 10%. And I think there's a movie, Lucy, with um, Scarlett Johansson, where I think Morgan Freeman's character said how, like, humans, we only utilize about 10% of our brain. So, you know, 10 to 20%. Again, you know, neurologists, you know, you know neurologists, folk, folk, folks in the medical industry, feel free to actually confirm you know, in in the comments below, like how 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 much of of our of our brain capacity do we actually uh, utilize? And it's also my understanding that dolphins utilize a hundred percent of their brain, and they're actually considered smarter smarter than chimpanzees, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, this is but this this drug essentially gives you full access to all of your brain, and so Eddie he take he he takes this drug. And then he goes home and, uh, you know, run, runs into, runs into his land, his landlord's wife and he, and, and he, he, he sees her holding this book that he didn't even read that he, apparently one of the, a, a, uh, one of the girls who in college that he was, I guess, trying to, trying to get with was a, was a law, was a law major and he remembered seeing that exact same book. And then, so now, like, all the pieces are kind of coming together. And really with this drug, he realizes that all the information that he's learned in life is not forgotten. It's, the, it's, it's still there, but it's just not at the forefront of his mind. You know, like, you don't forget the things that you learn. But this drug has expanded his mind and has given him full access to his brain. So now he's able to put together, he's able to bring together um, past information and like have it all kind of make make sense and you know, and, uh, and and he ends up helping helping uh, you know landlord's wife as, as she's kind of ranting at him saying like you know if you don't pay the rent then you're gonna end up on the streets blah 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 he's like kind of half tuning out and this is really like his first experience with the NZT and he notices that book and she invites him in. She he he helps her write out write out whatever paper she had due the following week. And uh, and then Eddie goes back to his apartment 
and it's like we see multiple Eddies moving around his apartment and he starts like washing the dishes and organizing stuff and just really just kind of you know you know clean you know cleaning up the floor you know clean cleaning up the floor takes a shower you know <laughs> he just really starts to uh turn turn his life around clean up his workspace his living space and really just just starts to again turn turn his life around that one day but then the next day he wakes up and the effects of that drug have worn off and he realizes that he needs more so he goes over to to see to see Vernon he goes over to see Vernon at his apartment and Vernon who I guess appears to be injured uh, pretty much sent, sends sends Eddie to be his like errand boy. He says sends Eddie to go pick up his dry cleaning and buy them some breakfast. Eddie comes back to the apartment and Vernon has been killed essentially. Um, I'm not sure if we ever find out exactly who killed Vernon, um, but upon this realization that Vernon is dead, Eddie he calls the cops. You know he's just like scared out of his mind. He calls 911, and while the police are on their way to the apartment, you know, Eddie just looks through the apartment and just tries to find, you know, where's Vernon's stash of NZT, and sure enough, I think it was, like, hidden, like, in the stove or something, and he finds, like, a whole wad of cash and a giant bag of, like, NZT pills. So, the cops arrive, and Eddie, and Eddie has to kind of hide kind of hide the money, hide the drugs, and then he eventually opens the door and like puts his hands up. He's like, hey, you know, officers, I'm the one who called you, you know, body's over there. So Eddie leaves and he starts, you know, with this, with this cash and with this supply of NZT, he starts to, again, goes back to improving his life and he gets, you know, he gets the novel written, you know, he gets he gets he gets the gets the novel written. He gets multiple calls back from from the uh, whatever publishing agency that he that he was working with. Um, he gets a haircut. He starts going to the gym. He starts to become fluent in uh, different languages, and he's able to meet people. That he, he pretty much has opened doors for himself. Like this drug has really opened doors for him. Uh, his social anxiety is gone. You know he. Yep, so social anxiety's gone, and he ends up going to parties, going to clubs, and meeting a bunch of different people, and even meets a group of, even makes a group of friends who wanted to invite him to the beach, uh, which was nowhere near New York. Um, the beach, they might have been somewhere in Italy, I think, uh, and he even, like, jumps off this, like, giant rock structure. <laughs> Like he has like, he has like, has anybody ever jumped off? And they're like, uh, no. He jumps off into the water, of course. And, and yeah, we just see how at, at this point, you know, with this drug, Eddie has no fear and he's just become immensely successful and he's got better people skills. He's got no social anxiety and he's now, he even meets meet somebody he meet meet someone. Um, 
if at, at a party he meet, meets meets a guy who wants to I think uh, Kevin Kevin Doyle played by uh, Darren Goldstein and Kevin Doyle wants to help him improve his investment portfolio so he starts working with Kevin and he starts to improve his investment portfolio but with the drugs he's able to sort of like accurately predict like where the stock's gonna go and keep track of like the algorithms and he's able to just like multiply his money overnight he makes he becomes a millionaire pretty much overnight and this attracts the attention of you know Carl Van Loon played by Robert De Niro who's I guess the head of the firm and Hank Atwood played by Richard uh, Beckins and they want to merge their firms so so yeah Eddie Eddie Mora as as the one who pretty much f f facilitates that merger and um, eventually I think there there was there was one scene and I guess this is kind of going backwards a bit where although Eddie hadn't heard the voice of his ex-wife in 10 years his ex-wife calls him after after Vernon dies his ex-wife calls him and asks about the drugs and pretty much tells Eddie you need to stay safe you need to stay off these drugs um, I can't see you so yeah eventually yeah after the, the book does well as the book does well, uh, Lindy comes back into Eddie, Ed, Eddie's life, and the two of them get back together. And uh, again, while Eddie's still on the, still still on the drugs, still making money with this investment firm, and and uh, and he he runs he runs into trouble with uh, a man called uh, Gennady. Who I think was like a Russian, like mobster, who pretty much loans Eddie the money and pretty much like loans Eddie the money in exchange for the drugs. And Eddie, who might have had some ties ties to Vernon, so Eddie's starting to see like the the drawbacks of of the uh, drug, but um, but yeah, you know he he. You know, he, he, he gets back together with, with uh, Lindy and <clears throat> and, um, and 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 eventually it comes to the point where the drugs start making start making Eddie sick. Like he starts starts getting sick and I think at one point he runs out of the drugs and he has no choice but to go and find Lindy at work, you know, at her job, just like kind of rush, kind of bust, bust into her office, locks the door. He ends up having to tell her everything, and he sends her to his apartment to go get to go get the drugs. But she's being followed by Gennady and you know a few of his uh, goons. So, but she ends up taking taking NZT. She ends up taking NZT and she ends up take, taking NZT and is able to escape and then she tells Eddie it's like we shouldn't be you know taking these drugs like I've done things today that I would never have done you know somebody a man chased me with a knife today and so 
but um, I mean overall you know Eddie is able to sort of just have this endless confidence like even when even when even when he's off when, when he's off the drugs he has to kind of improvise but NZT drug it unlocks his potential and he even at the end of the movie starts to run for Senate you know, you know he you know he, he, he start he starts to run run for run run for Senate in the state of New York to represent the, the state of New York in the Senate and 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 he's even approached by approached by Carl Van Loon who asks him like you know what are you gonna do when you're off when you're off the drugs he said you know I'll figure something out essentially <laughs> and yeah he 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 starts he he runs for Senate at the very end of the movie uh, eventually we do get sort of a it all kind of comes full circle where we see we see Eddie that he's got that he's got this new uh, this new apartment and that he's got security and but eventually the Russians make it into the part make it into the apartment they try to kill him uh, but Eddie is able to successfully kill off is, is, is able to successfully fight off the goons and it turns out that the apartment that he had the new the new apartment that he bought was a was uh, pre previously owned by by one of, by one of their former clients, so or one of their former like arm arms dealers or whatever. So I mean, so I mean there, there's that there's that whole uh, scene. So it all kind of comes full circle. We see him at the edge of the building, you know, contemplating should I just jump off this building and end it all now? Luckily, he doesn't. He goes back. Fights off, fights off the Russian mobsters, and he lives. Uh, I think I think this this movie has the themes of unlocking your full potential. Yeah, un un unlocking your your full potential, and how you can pretty much become an expert at anything if you put your mind to it. You know, if you set your mind to it, if you're consistent, if you're, if you work diligently, and you know, I think Ma Malcolm Gladwell had a had a uh, concept of the ten thousand hour rule, and I I read a, I read a book in high school written by Malcolm Gladwell called Outliers, where he talks about the ten thousand hour rule and how essentially states like if you dedicate ten thousand hours to a certain task, then you become an expert at it. So. Now, of of course, NZT was that hack, you know, to to get you know, to to kind of fast track your way up to up to uh, expert level, but of course it had its it had it had its drawbacks, it had its uh, side effects. So, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, I believe that to be true, not just in physics, but in life, in everything that we do, and all the choices that we make. And I think this movie does not glorify pharmaceutical drug, drugs or narcotics it doesn't glorify drugs or anything and just like how I think I talked about in my Fight Club review um, you know new listeners go back and listen to my uh, Fight Fight Club review Fight Club is not the movie is not about 
fighting. The movie does not glorify violence. The movie is about choices. This movie does not glorify drug use. It is about choices and how the choices that we make uh, define, define who we are. And it is up to us whether or not we're going to actually improve our lives. You see, Eddie could have just given up on life. He could have just not written the book. He could have, you know, not become the best version of himself. He could have accepted defeat. Um, but he made a conscious choice to take NCT and improve his life. Now, maybe for, for, for us, the, the viewers, you know, you have to, I guess, understand that this is all a movie, and no, the movie does not, no, Bradley Cooper or, you know, the directors, producers, they're not advocating for uh, drug, drug use, all right, but ask yourself, what is that NZT? What is that thing that I can do on a daily basis to improve my life? to get my foot in the door, to get the job that I want, to get the relationship that I want, the house that I want, the be able to live the life that I want to. Uh, and they meant many of us, right, myself included, you know, not to not to, you know, simply just point fingers at y'all or, or, or anything. <clears throat> I think many of us have not unlocked our true potential. And I, I, I don't know if that's like, I don't know if we can, you know, blame society or social media or, you know, I mean, I could, you know, go on all day about, about that. But I just think many of us have not unlocked our, our, our full potential. And many of us are afraid of failing. Many of us are afraid of taking risks today. Many of us are afraid, afraid of taking risks, afraid of failing, afraid of dying, you know. And I, I think this movie goes back to, this movie doubles down on the themes that I explored, that, that were explored in um, Fight Club and even Catch Me If You Can, of having no fear, of being fearless. You know, you know I think the theme, themes of this movie are Unlocking your true potential, having no fear, having no fear, unlocking your, your true potential, and I guess you could say self-improvement, improving your life, and making, which I would argue is a choice, alright? Progress is a choice, improving your life, that is a choice, that is a conscious choice, that each and every one of us must make on a daily basis and you know Eddie he was so dedicated to taking NZT was gonna continue to improve his life ask yourself what is your NZT what is your one action that you can repeat again and again and again and again on a daily basis to improve your life it's like Arnold I think it I think Arnold Schwarzenegger had an he had a um, he had a quote during like the motivational speech that like broke the internet where he said like what if you read for one hour a day every day for a year just think how much knowledge you would know 
after 365 hours. Now, if you've got a passion project, what if you worked on it for one hour a day, every day, for a year? You know, side business, you know, even starting a podcast. <laughs> I mean, you know, to kind of, to kind of, I guess, turn it back on myself. I mean, you know, I, I, I had, and well, I guess, a bit of a short story for me, I guess. I, for years, well, not, not, not for years, maybe for a few months, had this idea of starting a podcast, seeing all these other podcasts, all these other YouTube channels, um, listening to the Joe Rogan, listening to the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, and, uh, and, and really just sort, sort of asking myself, like, what if I started my own podcast and having the idea of like, oh, I want to review movies and I want to analyze this and analyze that and, you know, um, <laughs> so I, I eventually, I mean, you all, you know, for, for, for those of you who have been with me since the beginning, you know that I started this podcast, officially started it on May 6th. 2022 and I made my first upload I want to say my very first episode was uploaded May 12th of last year May 12th 2022 but and like I said like this has all been a learning experience I've been sort of learning as I go this progress this podcast is a work in progress and I believe that I myself am a work in progress and that this podcast has not unlocked its full potential um, but I intend to keep posting once a week, every week, and, you know, to the best of my ability, and to just be diligent, and to just keep moving forward, and to just never stop, and to keep kind of just focusing on this podcast, and unlocking the full potential of this podcast, unlocking my own full potential, we are all going to unlock our full potential, and become the best versions of ourselves, alright, and like I said, I don't remember which movie it was um, on this Change Your Life series. Oh, yeah, and I forgot to <laughs> I, I actually forgot to mention that this is movie number six in our Change Your Life series. We've only got two movies left to go. But you can watch all eight of these movies all you want. But in order to really improve your life, you have to be willing to apply what you've learned. Now, I'm not saying don't watch these movies and enjoy them for you know the entertainment as well as the information but you have to be willing to put things into practice for yourself and not just go by what other people say you know it's like that quote from Bruce Lee accept what's useful reject what's useless add what's uniquely your own engage in your own experience identify your NZT and go for it every single day that's how you improve your life
So that's pretty much the highlight reel and the main takeaways for for um for for, for this for this movie. Um, I, I I'd love I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, whether if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or on any other listening platform, or if you're uh, watching this podcast on YouTube, I'd love to hear from you guys in the in the comments below. Like, what are your thoughts? on this movie on like anything that we covered uh in in, in today in today's episode which is not over yet um <laughs> but uh tagline for the movie what if a pill could make you rich and powerful i'll make that as a pin comment on youtube and i'll uh add that as a kind of rhetorical question <laughs> on um Rhetorical question on on uh, Spotify. Genre, as I uh, stated before, genres are sci-fi and thriller. It's a sci-fi thriller. Uh, motion picture rating, MPAA rated it PG-13 for thematic material involving a drug, uh, violence including disturbing images, uh, sexuality, and language. Uh, On to a bit of trivia. Bradley Cooper's father was ill with terminal cancer during the filming of this movie, and Cooper was accordingly relieved that the movie was shot in his hometown of Philadelphia so that he could check on his father every day. Okay? Well, I mean, this is probably, well, I'm sure it's not the first movie to primarily take place in New York. Take place in New York and then not be filmed there? I feel like it's always... (laughs) I, I feel like most movies that take place in New York might also be filmed in New York, but okay. I mean, I mean, hey, Brad Bradley Cooper's from from Philadelphia. I actually didn't know that. <laughs> um, you know, uh, to to my to my listeners in the city of brotherly love. You know, to my listeners in Philly. Uh, you know, salute. You know, shout, shout out to all my listeners in Philly. I will definitely be coming your way because now I know that Philadelphia is a filming location for Limitless. Um, but yeah, that's uh, you know, it's really uh, sad, sad about you know Bradley Cooper's father having terminal cancer. I mean, cancer is not pretty like at all. Shia LaBeouf was cast as Eddie, but had to drop out after badly injuring his left hand in a car accident in July 2008. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, well, I mean, you, you you figure you know these these movies they probably end up casting these roles like years, couple 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 years in advance. I mean, the movie came out 2011, so pre-production production was probably like 2009 2010. So. So yeah, I mean, but hey, Shia LaBeouf as Eddie could have been done. Yeah, could could have could have been done. You yeah. know, would have killed it. And Bradley Cooper definitely did his thing. You know, and and I'm not overly familiar with with Bradley Cooper's um, acting, but uh, you know, Bradley Cooper definitely showed up for this role uh, for sure. The apartment Eddie Mora lives in, shown in the introduction scene, along with the final scenes is the same apartment shown in Kick-Ass. Oh. Well, I have not seen the first Kick-Ass. I know, um, 
I've, I've seen the second Kick-Ass. I've only seen Kick-Ass 2. I never saw the first Kick-Ass. Um, and I know Aaron Taylor Johnson's in that movie. Yeah. So now i got to go back and watch uh, Kick-Ass. In a rare move, writer Leslie Dixon sold the screenplay for the film under the condition that her script would not receive rewrites from any other screenwriter. Okay, well, I mean, I, I guess you, I guess as an artist, you want to protect your art, and, and 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 yeah, I know a lot of a lot of these scripts have like script revisions, and you know, you know, they have like revisions and like changes are done, and like how even with with some projects, they'll have like directors will drop out, you know, do you know, directors and writers will drop out due to creative differences, so Leslie Dixon sort of having that condition, putting her foot down, it's like, I'm only going to sell this screenplay under the condition that my script will not be, will not receive any rewrites. Smart. Throughout production, the film was called The Dark Fields, the same name of the book on which it was based. So, again, here we have another movie based on a book. <laughs> um, I, I actually didn't know that until I watched, like, the, op the opening credits. It's, like, based on The Dark Fields. I'm like, okay. Another movie based on a book. It's like, now that I've seen the movie, I have a reason to go back and read the book and then watch the movie again. So. Uh, a bit of spoilers. Well, I mean, then again, like, I've talked about the entire movie at this point, so it's like, if you didn't know that there were going to be spoilers, I mean, it's on you. Near the end of the movie, we see Eddie has written a novel called Illuminating the Dark Fields, a resemblance to the novel The Dark Fields by Alan Glynn, on which the movie's based on, as we, the aforementioned, The Dark Fields. So, so yeah, nicely, nice little pay, paying homage to, to, the, um, to the author of the book. Uh, Thomas Arana, man in the tan coat, speaks only one word of dialogue in the entire film. Wow. Well, again, eagle-eyed viewers who eat, sleep, and breathe Easter eggs, trivia, you know. <laughs> Whenever Eddie Mora takes the pill, the movie upscales in color, then goes down when, he's in, when he is regular Eddie Mora. So, yeah, that, that, is, that is one thing that, that, I'm, that I noticed that I actually forgot to mention, was that when Eddie Mora takes the NZT pill, the... The movie upscales in color. It has like a more brighter uh, tint to it, and then and then when he's off NZT, then it goes back down to like regular picture. So at around an hour and twenty minutes, the package marked "urgent," which was hand delivered to Eddie while in Carl's office, had "hand delivery" written on the bottom right, and was literally a hand delivery from those who were served. Who were from those that were severed from his bodyguards, right? Because 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 Eddie has like he, I think I mentioned that he had bodyguards. So apparently his bodyguards had their hands chopped off by the goons or whatever. So yeah, it's brutal. The dead Supreme Court Justice R. J. L. Phillips and the book about him are completely fictional. So yeah, I'd have to. Uh, I mean, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna look up uh, 
that Supreme Court justice and see, like, is there a book out there? But now I know for a fact it is a, it's purely fiction. Alright. Some goofs. Continuity. After the fight in the subway, the bruises on Eddie's knuckles appear and disappear between scenes. Again. Eagle-eyed viewers. <laughs> when Eddie jumps off the cliff into the ocean, it is the middle of the day, but when he returns to the surface of the water, the sun is setting. Well, I mean... I mean, uh, it, it probably probably would have taken... Oh, no, well, I mean, probably would, would, would have taken a while for him to get back up to dry land, but, uh, but him coming, coming up to the surface, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the sun is setting. Okay, well, that's a interesting bit of, uh, you know, break, breaking continuity. When Eddie talks to Vern, the stubble on his chin changes length between shots. Well, they, they probably... They they might they might have shot that scene at like two different points in time maybe you know you gotta understand some some act some actors will like go clean shaven for roles or they'll grow their beards out for roles like it's it's a whole thing after Eddie cleans his apartment uh, until it is spotless he returns from a visit to his editor and walks into a messy apartment hmm I think I did notice that. Breaking continuity. As Eddie watches Mrs. Atwood and her henchmen with the injured cheek climb into the limousine, he wears a white shirt, then walks off in a striped shirt, then arrives and leaves the identity parade in a light blue shirt. Hmm. Wonder if that was intentional. Some quotes from the movie Eddie Moran. Well, in order for a career to evolve, I'm going to have to move on. Carl Van Loon, that that you would even think that you that you would even think that would only show that you would even think that would only show me how unprepared you are to be on your own. I mean, you don't know I mean, you do know you're a freak. Your deductive powers are a gift from God or chance or a straight shot of sperm or whatever or whoever wrote your life script. A gift not earned. You do not know what I know because you have not earned those powers. You're careless with those powers, you flaunt them, and you throw them around like a brat with his trust fund. You haven't had to climb up all the greasy little rungs, you haven't been bored blind at the fundraisers, you haven't done the time in that first marriage to the girl with the right father, you think you, ha you, think you can leap over all in a single bound, you haven't had to bribe or charm or threat your way to a seat at that table. You don't know how to assess your competition because you haven't competed. Don't make me your competition. So yeah, I mean Carl Carl Van Loon, you know, he he's in 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 this particular scene, which I, I think he uh I think this this might have been this might might have been at the end as uh as, as Carl's about to, about to get about to get into his uh, limo, he's essentially saying how Eddie has all these powers, and again, you know, he, he literally point blank calls him a freak and says, you know, you don't 
know how to use this gift because you haven't earned it. You have you don't know how to handle being at the top because you haven't had to climb your way to the top. You just got there somehow. So he pretty much is scolding and threatening Eddie at this point. You know, he's mad at Eddie's success. Yes, jealous. Yes. Uh, another quote. Uh, Eddie Mora, you know, voiceover, standing on edge of his apartment building. For a guy with a four-digit IQ, I must have missed something, and I hadn't missed much. I'd come this close to having an impact on the world, and now the only thing I'd have an impact on was the sidewalk. That's the like that. That's that's like at, at the beginning when when he's standing at the edge of his uh, standing at the edge of the roof, and you know, contemplating just jumping off. Which, luckily, he does not. Eddie Mora, I don't have delusions of grandeur, I have an actual recipe for grandeur. Mm. That's, you know, that's the NZT talking, that's just Eddie being a badass, just, you know saying. I have an actual recipe for grandeur. Essentially saying, come at me, bro. I mean, <laughs> alright. Carl Van Loon. Have you been talking to anyone? Eddie. No, I haven't been talking to anyone, Carl. I'm not stupid. Carl Van Loon. I know you're not stupid, Eddie, but don't make the classic smart person mistake thinking no one's smarter than you. I'm honestly with Carl on, 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 this, particular one, on this particular quote. Yeah, you know, don't make the smart person mistake by thinking that nobody's smarter than you. Lindy asks, Eddie, since when do you speak Italian? Eddie, oh. And he laughs, self-improvement month. That's exactly what I'm going to start saying when I, learn, when I learn languages, when I learn new skills, and be like, oh, self-improvement month. Yeah. Alternate versions. An unrated extended cut makes 27 changes for about a minute extra runtime. These edits were mainly reverts from not having an R rating for the theatrical release. Okay. Alright, cool, cool. Uh, connections. This movie was featured in Ebert Presents at the Movies episode episode 1.8 television episode in 2011. A clip is shown of the film to be reviewed next week. Uh, Ebert presents at the movies episode 1.9. Clips are shown as Roger Ebert reviews the film. So, it's a teaser for the next episode and then the next episode. The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Uh, episode, I guess, probably episode one, episode 113 of season 19, I guess. Uh, Bradley Cooper introduces a clip from the film. And then again, Ebert presents... At the movies, episode 10, clips are shown as Roger Ebert reviews the film. Uh, the Hour, episode 7.150, footage shown during during Bradley Cooper's bio-segment. Uh, features, Way of the Dragon, 1972. During the subway fight, the main character draws on his memory of watching Bruce Lee on TV as a kid to help him ward off his attackers. Right. So I guess, the, so the name of the the name of the um, movie was The Way of the Dragon from 1972. It was a Bruce Lee movie. So. 
lots of uh, lots of other references and spinoffs that I highly recommend you guys look at the IMDb page for this for this movie. Um, soundtracks. Uh, Cicado. Cicado, written by Richard Balliot, Fountain Tops, and Edward Balliot, performed by Versus, courtesy of Merge Records, by arrangement with Bank Robber Music. Uh, I don't care if there's cursing, uh, Lonely, Blue Boy, Let It Go, Walking, Howling for You. I feel like that song was used in some video game, maybe one of the NBA 2K games, maybe like 2K17, maybe? I'm not sure. That's the song that goes like da 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 Yeah. I recognize that song. Prelude OP.3 colon number two in C sharp minor. That's probably the song he was playing on the piano. Don't Sweat the Technique by Eric B. and Rakim. I definitely recognize that one. Recognize that song. Uh, Chocolate and Cheese. La Boquila. Dixon Remix. Athens by Night. The Way It Was. The Believers. This My Club. Performed by Prophet. Uh, Jukebox by Kids in the Hall. Hookshot by Wolfgang Gardner. And Yanks Valley. Written and performed by Matt Hurt. And, uh, here, before we, uh, leave the IMDb page, we have a featured user review. A stylish, fun film to watch. A stylish movie with an interesting premise that delivers more than it fails. Bradley Cooper as Eddie Mora was good in the idea, and actually at all the characters in the film were interesting. That includes the villains were credibly menacing. Anyone who has been hooked on any kind of pill can relate to this film. The pill in this story, however, is different from anything anyone's heard of, and intriguing. You can't help but wonder if you would be tempted to take it yourself. Co-starring with Cooper and his magic pill is the style of the film. It's very stylish and looks great on Blu-ray. If you're into visuals, this is a good movie to check out. The same goes for fans of sub of suspense. I found this very entertaining and a film I would watch again. Yeah, the ending is a little contrived, but overall it is a fun movie to watch. This review was made by uh, CC the Movie Man dash one on July twenty second two thousand eleven. So, so this movie, so this review was, was probably made around the same time that the movie came out. I agree. It's a fun movie. Uh, I think the official IMDb score is 7.4 out of 10. That's fair. I, I actually don't have a problem with it. I think it, it's a it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's a it's a fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. It's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a fun movie. It's almost like a what would you do sort of thing. It's like if you had the ability, if you had a pill to pretty much hack your brain to make you more successful and to pretty much unlock your full potential you know it's like what would you do and yeah I, I think it's also pretty 
pretty uh, fun f- fun to think about, and it's just really like a fun movie to, to watch at the end of the day. So, movie was released on March 18th, 2011, here in the United States. It's country of origin, U.S. Uh, its initial re- release languages are English, Russian, Italian, Mandarin, and French. Um, also known as the the Dark Fields, the Dark Fields being again the aforementioned uh, novel that the movie's based on. Filming locations: Bahia de Banderas, uh, Puerto Vallarta, Jalin, J- Jalisco, uh, Mexico. Um, apologies if I mispronounce any of that. Uh, production companies: Relativity Media, Virgin Produced, and Rogue. Uh, so now I'm definitely going to wherever this place is in Mexico. Its reported budget had an estimated $27 million uh, budget. Opening weekend in the U.S. and Canada, it made uh, $18.9 million. So it did not make a profit its opening weekend. Um, gross, its gross domestic, uh, gross um, <laughs> domestic uh, profit that, that it made was... Uh, Made seventy nine million dollars. Well, that and that's and that's within the U.S. and Canada. So, made a profit domestically and internationally. Internet world, worldwide, it made uh, one hundred sixty one point eight million. So, so it was a success at at, at the box office. You know, it's all, it's always good. You know, when you when, when a movie makes money at the box office, makes real money at the box office. Runtime about an hour and forty-five minutes, so movie's not too too long. You know, it's just under two hours. It's a quick watch. It's in color, and um, I guess that's all for IMDb. On to Rotten Tomatoes. Critical score sixty-nine percent. Audience score seventy-four percent. I'm with the audience. I say seventy-four percent, just like how seven point four out of ten on IMDb lines up. You know, I, I on the on this particular case, I think critics. Now, I'm going to read the critic, the critic, critics consensus. But again, I, I think that critics do sometimes have a have a, have a tendency to be a little too too hard on uh, films, especially you know sci-fi thrillers like Limitless. So, critics consensus: although its script is uneven, Neil Bergen directs Limitless with plenty of visual. Panache and Bradley Cooper makes for a charismatic star. All right. So yeah, I, I I will say that yes, the, the the script was a bit uneven, but I've also mentioned how there's no such thing as a perfect movie. Uh, there's too there's just too many variables. It's not humanly possible to make a a quote unquote perfect film. Um, that said, I I still lean with the seventy four percent. You know, I, I I agree with the with the critics consensus. But I don't agree with the tomato meter score. I agree with the audience score, seventy-four percent, um, and that's over a hundred thousand ratings from the audience, and uh, only two hundred and two reviews from uh, from the critics. So yeah, you know, seventy-four percent because I think it's good. It's a good movie. I won't say it's great. I won't say it's like. Revolutionary. I won't say it's like. I, I wouldn't even say that it's the best movie on our list. Even I, I wouldn't say it's the best movie on our list of you know the movies that'll change your life. But uh, 
you know, it is what it is. Highly recommend you guys check it out. Uh, this movie, this movie is available to stream on Max. That's where I uh, streamed it. It is available on Max. And for those of us who don't have Max, it is available with a premium subscription on Hulu, a premium subscription on the Roku channel. You can, I think, rent it on Redbox for $2.99, Vudu for $3.99, um, premium subscription with Amazon Prime Video, rent it on Google Play Movies or on YouTube for $2.99, and on Apple TV for $3.99. So that is all that I have for this review of Limitless. Let me know what do you let me let me know what your thoughts are on on uh, this movie. Uh, if you liked what you heard today, uh, feel free to check the show notes below and follow us on all of our social media platforms and leave us a five star review wherever you're listening from. Uh, turn on your post notifications because. Could be because I will be dropping a new episode every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And guys, we are almost at the end of this uh, Movies That Will Change Your Life series. There's only eight movies. Limitless, this is movie number six. We've got two movies left. We've got next week will be Crazy Stupid Love. And the week after that will be The Way Way Back. So thank you guys for riding out this this series. We're not done yet, but we've only got two more films. So you know, thank you guys for bearing with me this this summer as we as we took a break from from Marvel, a break from DC. So um, you know, thank thank you guys for sticking with us. And tune in next week when we review Crazy Stupid Love. That is all for today. Hope you guys enjoyed your stay here at Cobb's Corner. I will talk to all of you in the next episode. Peace.